0: Chapter 22 Tornado winds, so hot they singed our wings, caught us and threw us through the air. We slammed into each other and instinctively grabbed hold, fly feet clutching fly hairs. We were thrown like meteors, rolling and tumbling out of control through the air. Everywhere there was fire. Everywhere there was deep, pounding bass drum noise. We were in a whirlwind that moved with weird slowness and impossible to resist force. We must have been knocked unconscious because it felt like much later when I next heard Marco's thought-speak voice. Dracon beam, Marco said. The Yurks must have hit the ship. We were in the middle of a busy highway, I said, still clutching tight to a fly and thinking its foul body was all the salvation in the world. I think the wind is dying down. Heat is lower, Marco observed. Still, we held tight, till slowly... Slowly, the wind did die down, the blast furnace heat lessened, the mad chaos subsided. We separated at last, and flew side by side through the air. Were we still in the ship? Was there still a ship? There was no way to tell, nothing was close enough to see. We could be anywhere, we could be an inch above the ground, or a hundred miles up. We could be within six inches of a person or the last creatures left alive in the universe. We have to demorph, I said. We could be anywhere, Marco said. We could be in the middle of that highway with a truck bearing down on us. I tried to look around using my fly eyes, but fly eyes aren't great at distances. Flies have no need to see far. I tried out the sense of smell, but it was like it had been turned off. The scent molecules I normally would have tasted were probably too large, relatively speaking, for me to make sense of. If we demorph slowly, we'll settle toward the ground as we gain weight, I said. Unless the truck hits us. I'll go first, I said. Don't go all heroic on me, Marco said with a laugh. If we're gonna get hit, we'll get hit together. I focused my thoughts, fighting down the fear, and fighting down, too, the urgent desire to get as large as I could, as fast as I could. I felt the changes begin, and I backed off. I was larger, three or four times what I had been, and now I could better feel the direction of gravity. But even with my wings held immobile, refusing to answer the instinct to fly, I floated through the air. I demorphed a bit more, I was now dozens of times larger than I had been to begin with, but not all the way back to the sixteenth of an inch size. I was definitely dropping now. I could feel the direction of gravity. I knew up from down. I fell, but slowly. The air still buoyed me up, as well as the most wonderful thermal. Now, however, my human eyes began to replace the compound eyes of the fly. I saw Marco, like me, A hideous mix of fly and human, half-falling, half-drifting on the breeze. Then, far beneath us, I saw the ground. Or, at least what might be the ground. I felt like a parachutist in a freefall, spinning and falling, spinning and falling toward the ground. Only, instead of a square patchwork pattern of cornfields and roads, I saw what looked like a nest of gigantic snakes reaching up out of the distance. Oh, that looks good, Marco muttered. But now the breeze was blowing us across the huge snakes toward an area that was more open. It was like an endless pink plain curved away toward the horizons. I let myself demorph some more. What other choice was there? I fell faster, but still slowly. I could see the snakes were a bit smaller, though still monstrous. And rather than being snakes... They looked like unbelievably long palm trees. They were planted in the ground a few miles down. They had rough, slender, waving, bent trunks. And at the top, they split in two or three and became rougher. Oh my god, they're hairs, I said. We're landing on someone's head. Or armpit, Marco said. We came down at the edge of what seemed like a forest on one side. And an endless plane on the other We fell down through a widely spaced thicket of the rough textured hairs Down, down toward the scalp below It became darker down in the hair forest And we were not alone There were no bright eyes blinking at us from the dark Like in some cartoon jungle No, the creatures we passed had no eyes They clung to the scalp at the base of the giant hairs And almost seemed to be waiting for us as we fell Eight-legged, clumsy, clanking, awful beasts. They were there by the hundreds, everywhere around the base of the hares. In the normal world, they were too small to be seen, but to us, they were as big as dogs. Mites, I said, fighting an urge to throw up. Everyone has them. Let's get big, right now. We demorphed the rest of the way, Rocketing back to our sixteenth of an inch height, just as we landed between a pair of mites. We were now far bigger than the mites. They were like rats to us, and they were not aware of us, interested in us, or able to respond to us. Still, those hideous mechanical things scared me deep down inside. Fully human once more, we ran at full speed toward the line of hair and scalp. Thank goodness they haven't totally cured baldness yet. Marco said as we rushed, panting, out onto the open pink scalp. We could see again, like humans, and we could hear. What we heard did not make us feel any better. A Helmicron ship, Vizer Three said. It's almost cute, what's left of it. Ha ha ha! Then a human voice vibrated up through the scalp, resonating beneath us like the biggest sound in the world. Congratulations on your defeat of them, Visser. Ha! Defeating Helmicrons is no great honor, Chapman. I looked at Marco. He looked at me. Chapman? Chapman? We both said at the same moment. We were on Chapman's head. Chapman, our vice principal. Chapman, the head of the sharing. Partly bald Chapman. Oh, there you are. A thought, speak. voice said I jumped about three feet Or maybe a thirty second of an inch My heart was in my throat Before I registered the familiarity Of that voice I've been looking all over for you guys Tobias said calmly As he swooped down from the sky An inch above us Chapter 23 Tobias What are you doing here? I yelled in sheer joy at seeing him. I also yelled because although a hawk hearing is better than human hearing, we were still very small. You're standing on Chapman's head, and you want to know what I'm doing here? He laughed. You had us worried. How did you find us? The other Helmogron ship, the Planet Crusher. Rachel managed to smash it with a tire iron. Knocked it down. Jake grabbed it and clamped it into the vise in Cassie's barn. He landed beside us, sinking his talons into the scalp. The one my dad uses to hold wood he's working with? I asked. My father has a small tool bench in the back of the barn. He uses it to repair cages and fix the barn itself. There is a large vise mounted on the tool bench. Yeah, he got him in the vise and kept squeezy till they agreed to help us. You didn't trust them, I hope, Marco said. We're not idiots. They gave us hostages. Their captain and a bunch of other high-ranking No! I yelled. You are idiots! Marco cried. All Helmicron leaders are dead. They don't trust anyone living, so all their leaders have to be dead. Say what? Just go with it, I said. Are Jake, Rachel, and Axe here too? And where is here, by the way? Marco asked. Yeah, they're all here, but in Morph. It's a meeting of the sharing. Viscer 3 is here at the secret part of the meeting. You know where only the leading controllers attend? He's playing show and tell with the Galaxy Blaster. He smoked it with a Dracon beam, I guess. He's holding it up and babbling about the Helmicrons. Chapman is applauding. Now that I thought about it, I could feel a sort of concussion that translated up through Chapman's head. It might be clapping. And if I looked hard toward the horizon, I could see the tops of other heads, kind of like a chain of mountains in the distance. There was a continuous rumble of noise, speaking voices and occasional applause. Suddenly, I had a terrible premonition. Where's the blue box? I demanded. Well, Axe has it. We're in that old meeting hall the Sharon uses sometimes, Tobias said. Axe is outside in Human Morph. He's waiting till we rescue you guys. Then we're going back to the Helmicrons to get them to unshrink you. Why would you bring the blue box here? Marco raged. The Helmicrons want it bad. We couldn't be sure we could hide it well enough from their sensors, so we had to bring it with us. We can't lose it. After all, the Helmicrons needed to unshrink you guys which they promised to do, and... Oh, no! I said. The Helmicrons tracked the Galaxy Blaster and told you where it would be. Then you guys came here with the blue box? Don't you see? The Helmicrons are going to try and take the blue box. They figured we'll be too busy fighting Yurks to stop them. But they're back at the barn, and... Oh, man! Axe! We have to get to Axe! He's in human morph with human eyes! He doesn't even realize he has to look behind him. Tobias flapped his wings and caught air. He began to fly away, leaving us stranded on the vast, mostly empty plain of Chapman's head. But Tobias didn't get far. Now we shall destroy all who oppose us, the familiar, blustering Helmicron voice shouted. All will cringe and cry and wail and rue the day they first drew breath. It flew in low, skimming just a few inches over Chapman's head. I looked up and saw it zip past. It was the planet crusher, and it was carrying the blue box. Now shall we avenge our bold and brave comrades of the Galaxy Blaster! who died like great heroes. I looked at Marco. Brave and bold. They despised the Galaxy Blaster, and vice versa. Marco rolled his eyes. The Galaxy Blaster has been destroyed. Now they're cool. I'm telling you, these guys are nuts. The Planet Crusher, straining to carry the blue box, stopped and hovered just a few inches over Chapman's head. Chapman's head began to turn, following the ship. The scalp dome tilted down, down till we could see over the edge of our little world. And there stood a vast, dim, but unmistakable figure, Visser Three, looking unhappy as well he should, because the planet crusher was aiming right at him. They fired. The green flash beam bathed the visor in its light, and as we watched, he began to get smaller. Chapter 24 Oh, most magnificent and omnipotent one! We have taken the blue box of transforming power! Though the blessed and glorious heroes of the Galaxy Blaster are gone from us, we of the Planet Crusher shall avenge them! From the log of the Helmogron ship, Planet Crusher, Visor 3 literally began to shrink from sight. Chapman immediately made a mad grab for the little ship, but it skipped away easily from his groping fingers. There was a lot of loud yelling, but no one stopped the little ship from firing again, again and again. Jake! Rachel! Axe! Tobias yelled in thought speak. We have problems here, like right now! But I guess they already knew about it. It was hard for me to make sense of what I saw, since I was watching the movement of shapes so vast they might as well have been planets. But I did make out a humongous wall of grey and pale feathers go flying past, shockingly close to Chapman's face. It was a peregrine falcon that could have swallowed a blue whale, from my perspective. Talons so big it would take me five minutes to walk from end to end of them, came flashing out, reaching for the Helmokron ship. It wasn't about saving Visser 3, of course. It was about the blue box. That box could not fall into your hands. Indeed, as he shrank, becoming an ever smaller and smaller andelite controller, Viscer 3 cried out in anguished thought-speak. The blue box, the morphing cube, get it! Get it you fools! Nothing else matters. Get that box. Total pandemonium followed as huge shadowy creatures rushed to and fro around our perch on Chapman's head. There was Jake and his falconworth, dodging and swerving at incredible speed, although it seemed pretty pokey to us, trying to snatch the box from the Helmicrons. There was Axe, back in his own proper, monstrously large and light body, his stock eyes looking like big green swimming pools. And Rachel, so big it looked like her shaggy bear head must be scraping the stars out of the sky. Human controllers ran here and there. I even thought I saw a flash of a Hork-Bajir horn rushing past. It was like this awesome dance of giants. A titan hoedown. And everyone was yelling. Rachel, grab it! Jake yelled. Get the box, get to the, the, box, box, get get to the, the box. box! Various panic controllers yammered. Get to the box, or I'll make every one of you suffer! Mr. Three yelled in enraged, impotent thought speak. And of course, the Helmocrons would not shut up. Scurry in heedless terror, pathetic weaklings! It will not save you from our righteous wrath! Everywhere, hands and talons and claws were grabbing at the ship. But nothing seemed to connect. Even slowed by carrying the weight of the blue box, the Helmocrons were faster than the blundering mob of controllers and morphed anamorphs. Struggle in vain! Pitiful inferior creatures All will serve to burnish the everlasting glory Of the Helmicron Empire And its mighty warriors Jake, Rachel, Axe, and Tobias Were thought-speaking so that only we and they could hear What they had to say wasn't encouraging Rachel, look out, behind you I got him No, I don't Prince Jake, it is coming your way! Ah! No, no, no! They got me! I'm shrinking! The treacherous little... We have to help! I told Marco, grabbing his shoulder. Help? What are we gonna do? We couldn't beat a mad mitochondrion! Oh, man! i I'm getting small! Rachel cried. I am so going to kick Helmicron's butt! Then, a few seconds later... Okay, now this is way small. They're going to get all of us, I cried. I have seldom felt so desperate and helpless. What could we do? What could a pair of ant-sized humans do? Then, I had a brilliant idea. Or, at least, an idea. Marco, I have to morph. I have to be able to thought-speak. And you and I have to get even smaller. I focused as well as I could. And began to morph to skunk It was plenty small without being subcellular like a fly As soon as I was able, I cried out frantically to Tobias Tobias, you have to come and get me and Marco Why not? I can't do anything else He cried in utter frustration The Helmogrons are busy trying to shrink everyone they see And the controllers are all chasing them around Trying to grab the blue box They're ignoring me I'm not a threat but you guys are too big for me to carry. Not anymore. I was shrinking rapidly, shriveling from a sixteenth of an inch to something far smaller. But at least I couldn't see the buzzing of individual molecules at this size. That was way too creepy. Marco followed my example, morphing rapidly to mole. Tobias came swooping down to us, himself a sixteenth of an inch long, but now quite large compared to us. He took us up, one in each big talon, and we flew away. So do we have a plan? He asked. Yeah, it's all about size, and we keep forgetting that. I said. We were shrunk to Helmicron size, a sixteenth of an inch or so, and when we morph something smaller, we shrink from that base height, right? Either that, or I've been having a really bad dream. Marco said. Okay then, how about if we morph something bigger? Shouldn't we get relatively larger? Hey, yeah, Tobias said. Then, so what? So you said the Helmicrons are ignoring you, since you've already shrunk. I said, yeah, again, so what? So, do you think you can land on the Helmicron ship? Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of AudioMorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, thank you for listening. We are getting there now. We're, we're almost through this book, so the end should be coming soon. But before we get there, I have a message to read. This one was sent into, uh, the Tumblr. That's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. It's by an anonymous user, uh, who writes in and says, Cassie's my favorite. She's just, like, top tier. The rest of them are, like, mid, but I love them. And as the host of this audio project, I have to say that I love all my children equally, but just just between you and me, Anon, Cassie is the best. Sorry, everyone else. <laughs> um, Thank you for writing in, Anonymous. Uh, If you'd like to do that, you can do that through the aforementioned Tumblr. That's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. You can also do it through my Gmail. That's audiomorphscast.gmail.com. Or you can do it through my website. That's theapocalypse.com. The Apocalypse. Like Apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Uh, That's also where you can find all my other creative endeavors, uh, which mostly uh, at the moment consists of a rewatch podcast I do with my friend Art. We're watching Riverdale. We're on Season 5. It's pretty good. Um, although, I'm very behind on editing that one. Um, you can also reach me on Twitter. That's at Audiomorphs. And that is where you should go if uh, I'm ever late uploading. I will try to have an announcement for why there. Um, that is all I have this week. Except that I want to uh, wish my friend Brittany a very happy Hispanic Heritage Month. This is my Hispanic Heritage Month gift to you. Um, and I'll see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.